0: Batch County and NBA Top Shot podcast. From pack drops to rookie updates, playoff hunts to best moment debates, if you're a hoophead, you're home in Batch County. And today we've got a fun conversation with not just a highly respected member of the NBA Top Shot community, but a man behind the moments. On the other side of this beat, we're hanging with Brandon Saul, Top Shot's content inventory lead and bona fide hoop head. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Badge County Podcast. I'm your host, Samuel D. I've got my boy, Jared, a.k.a. Thunder Hour with me today. It's December twenty eighth, 2022, and we just finished up a week of Christmas season basketball. Uh, we're officially in, you know, uh, so many people call the Christmas, the Christmas Day games the unofficial begin of the NBA season. It's like, I think there's like the three tiers. You've got opening night to Christmas Day, Christmas Day to All-Star, All-Star, to the playoffs, and we're officially 41.8% of the way through the NBA regular season. Uh, we've got a lot of Top Shot to talk, uh, but today we're going to talk mostly about NBA. We've got Brandon Saul from NBA Top Shot, the content curation team, and we're just going to talk basketball. Uh, obviously, we're going to go into Top Shot because that's we all we, you know, eat, leave, live, breathe, sleep, all the above. Um, but I just want to, you know, you, you meet all these people sort of tangentially through Twitter, Discord, all the NBA Top Shot community. Um, but I've never, you know, and I've, I've seen, we hung out, me and Jared came out of the Shot Talk and Discord. And, you know, I've never really hung out with Brandon. So I wanted to do that. So we've got him on the show with us today. So how you doing, Brandon?
1: Doing well, fellas. Thanks for having me. Uh, love Badge County. Love what you guys are about, what you've built. Happy to hear that uh, you got a little podcast going here, so that's pretty fun. Uh, so I'm, I'm excited to be here over over the holidays, just talk a little basketball. You know I love to do that, so yeah.
0: I felt like uh, yesterday, we were supposed to do this yesterday, and Jared wasn't going to be able to make it initially, um, so now it's officially like an unofficial um, Thunder podcast. So I'm here to sort of moderate and
2: make sure that it doesn't get out of hand. <laughs> No, we're we're talking thunder. Hey, real quick, we've had an That's SGA game quick, winner. Right. We've had an SGA game winner since the last time we podcasted. Uh, the thunder keep winning. We're we're doing well. I thunder hour took a tumble during the the game winner, but we're not going to talk about that today. Um, <laughs> a literal tumble. <laughs> anyway, yeah, the thunder are uh, they're fun. So keep going.
0: Yeah, I kind of wanted to just like you know. Like, we talked to Steve last week, but I know that you kind of came from a world of, like, obviously, you know, you've been a basketball fan forever. Uh, Top Shot's only been around for a year and a half. So, like, what is your, like, basketball journey before Top Shot?
1: Uh, just, like, my life or Yeah, more just in general. Speaking? Like,
0: um, you know, how did you fall in love with it? Are you from Oklahoma City? Um, you know, did you have a college team growing up? or Because I guess the Thunder really only came around in, what, like –
1: yeah, 2008. 2008, um, yeah. Yeah, so I've been a basketball fan my whole life since since I was a little kid. Uh, it's been my favorite sport since I started liking sports. Obviously, we didn't have a professional team here, but that was kind of in the Chicago Bulls' heyday. So naturally, like many kids my age, I loved Michael Jordan. I loved the Bulls. I watched as many games as I could because back then, you could actually catch their games on WGN. Which was just like a cool little twist, yes. because you couldn't you couldn't see most teams unless they were just on national t v right but now, but you could see most bulls games on w g n so w
0: g n where there was a gateway, wasn't it
1: yes, it was, and you know so I love Jordan, grew up just like idolizing him as a player and and as a celebrity to be honest, and then um paid attention to Oklahoma basketball college a little bit, not like super hardcore, but Always paid attention to the league, even after Jordan just hung around and just was a fan. And then when we got the Thunder, you know, I actually had a team again. It, I was like, I like the Bulls, but they were never, they never felt like mine. And then we got the Thunder and, you know, it's like, okay, I have a team. And they were good right away. It was like, okay, this is exciting. The whole city's rallying around this team. So that was a lot of fun. And I think we're going to, we're going to get a little bit of that in the next few years here too, in Oklahoma City. So um, as my fandom of the Thunder grew, me and a buddy kind of started, a. we basically had an idea to start a podcast. I think he approached me. Uh, and this guy is Jason Lewis, who was on Shot Talking on the show. It, many people listening to this might be familiar with him. He's uh, the Thunder team captain as well, along with Jared. Uh, and he said, hey, man, you want to start a Thunder podcast? Just kind of like... I don't know, nonchalantly, like nothing serious. Let's just do something. We have nothing going on. And uh, him and I used to play a lot of music together and we weren't really playing music anymore. So we we're just kind of looking for something to fill that void. So I was like, sure. And I'm a person that I like struggle to take anything lightly. <laughs> so I like go balls to the wall and I'm like, all right, here's here's what we're going to do. Here's what the show's going to look like. Yada yada. yeah. And we just start planning it out. And we're just kind of doing it for fun for a while. And then we start like experiencing a little bit of success. And, more and more people are listening and listening and listening. And this podcast is called Thunderheads. And uh, eventually, we it, be, it became like a second job for us. And we, we had enough listeners to make a little money off of it. We uh, had like a few sponsorships here and there. And we eventually earned credentials through the Thunder. Got to cover Summer League, etc., cetera, et cetera. So many cool experiences we got to have through that podcast. And it really made me fall in love with like content uh creation and just kind of talking about basketball, to be honest. And I just worked so hard to make that podcast good. And credit to all the guys that were in that podcast too. They they did the same thing with me, and they were just with me along that along that journey. And now I gotta start remembering, kind of backtracking here exactly how this went. We called off the podcast in 20 man, I don't remember the year, 2019, um, I had my first kid, my son. Another guy in the podcast had like his second kid, I think. And it, it, there was just a lot happening at once. Mm-hmm. And uh, we were just unable to dedicate as much time to it as we wanted to. And I think there were some, we, we just thought it was going to be the best for everybody if we just called it off. You know, we had a nice run. Uh, It wasn't, it didn't end poorly or anything. It was just like, Hey, you know what? This is becoming more stress than it's worth. It doesn't pay us like our primary jobs. Let's just, you know, let's pay attention to our families. Let's, let's focus on that and go our separate ways for now. And I'm sure something in the future will, will get us connected again. Um, So we called it off and it was nice, you know, it was a nice relief after like grinding for five years of doing that podcast. Uh, It was kind of nice for me to just like take a break and focus on family. And then, you know, naturally I start getting that void. It starts building in me, that creative void that I just have always had. Uh, so I start messing around, doing different things, trying to come up with different NBA content to, to create and just get myself back out there again. And then I stumble upon NBA top shot. And at first I'm kind of like, what is this? And then I kind of fall in love with it. Um, it felt like it was bringing me closer to the game and I saw an I saw a real opportunity in creating content around Top Shot. So my buddy Seth Anderson, who was also on Shot Talking, um was into Top Shot as well. And we kind of connected and we decided we wanted to create some content around us. We made the show Shot Talking. And that was a lot of fun because I just like to do stuff like that. I like to do I like to have fun when I'm making content as well. I like to do it my way. I like to mm-hmm. I don't worry about creating something for anybody. I do it for me. And if you like it, then that's great. Um, and I, I just like to be silly and that show really accomplished that. I think. So when did shot talking start? Shot talking started in April of
0: 2021, I think April or May. That kind of tracks because Yeah. Like that was pretty much, you know, I think talking to a lot of people now, like everybody seemed to find their top shot community pretty quick. Um, But I didn't. I pretty much was just like a one-man show. Didn't need any – there was (laughs) – I didn't need any community to like fuel my obsession with it. Um, And I think I found somewhere – I didn't really use Top Shot. Uh, I didn't really use Twitter that much. Um, I was really shy in a Discord. Like I may have joined, but I wasn't saying anything. And then I think I saw maybe like a Shot Talk and tweet and then watched a show – and then joined the discord and then like maybe just like sat in the discord and just like watched conversation for a while um but it's funny because you know everybody's got these like really intense views of discord but the only discords i've ever probably sent more than three messages in are the shot talking discord and now the badge county discord well
2: i was well, that's gonna awesome. say that's that's so unlike you sammy d with not talking because pretty much now I don't do- shut up <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you said it. <laughs> yeah, I mean that that shout
1: talking Discord is something I'm super proud of too. You know, like, that was that was all built from stra- scratch, just like Thunderheads was. You know, and it just felt like we were kind of just kind of connecting the circle a little bit, and I feel like that Discord. I, I set on a mission to say, hey, no no negativity in here. We're going to have the right people in here. This is going to be a fun environment for people, and I'm not afraid to kick people out if they suck. Like, <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> like, I don't have any tolerance for that. So that, I feel like we had a really fun community there that kind of supported the show, and I, I was always really proud of how that turned out. So I'm glad that you guys
0: found enjoyment in that as well. And I mean, it got me hooked. I You know, like I said, I didn't really need um- – any community to like get me hooked to start me off. Like I had a buddy that was like, Hey, uh, there's this NBA top shot thing. I like the NBA, but Sam, I, you're going to be like dangerously obsessed with this. Um, here it is. And he was right. He's, he's not really, he still collects a little bit, but now here I am on a, you know, <laughs> doing a podcast about it. And, but I think the shot talk and discord was like, kept me hooked. I don't know how long I would have stayed engaged just by myself but then finding that community and sort of like starting to think a little bit more deeply about like my decision-making for what I'm going to collect, how I'm going to collect was definitely influenced by like, by that discord.
1: Totally. And there's like the, like the corny little phrase, like top shots more fun with friends or whatever, but it's so true, right? Like it's a cliche, but it's true. Like when you see people that you're connecting with participating and, And just enjoying it it makes you enjoy it more it makes you want to participate more it makes you want to just do things and and get creative and come up with different things to do that's that's one thing that like led me to my job today is i wanted to see this is back when there were less moments so it wasn't as huge of a lift but i i kind of embarked on this crazy project that i just tracked every single moment on top shot and i wanted to see like how they were choosing these moments, you know, what, what games were they coming from? What kind of performances were they backed by, uh, things like that. And I just had this whole basically database that I built that essentially landed me my job that I have now. Um, and so, so yeah, that, but all that was fueled by that community by people that shared a similar mindset as me and just wanted to have a good time.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think, um, so you, you went to, so yes, yeah, so you went, uh, you joined Top Shot in like January of this year, right? So you're like coming up on one year at Top Shot.
1: Yep. My one year is January 4th.
0: Love it. Um, yeah. So like when you applied for Top Shot, are you applying to like, I want to pick moments or were you like, I just want to work for Top Shot, like <laughs> put me in coach.
1: I originally wanted to create content, uh, for Top Shot. And I still think there's like opportunity for me to do that going forward. Um, but there's just so much to do. It's hard to <laughs> kind of like find the time right. to do that. Um, so that, that's kind of where it started. And I had started developing a bit of a relationship with Jacob, just kind of pitching my ideas to him. (laughs) Like I would just like annoy him (laughs) and just DM (laughs) him and just say, Hey, Jacob, like I have this idea. What do you think about this idea? And, uh, he was always really cool and, and would take the time to listen to me. And, um, even if it, you know, maybe he, he didn't even agree with an idea I had, or didn't really see the possibility of it being anywhere you know he he was always open to to hearing anything i was pitching so that's kind of how it started and then i was in the hospital having uh my my wife was having our daughter and i'm just i saw the job posting for m- my role right now content inventory lead and it was like essentially when i read the job description it said spreadsheets plus basketball. Like that's what it read essentially. And I was like, holy shit, this is, this is me. How, how is that's there just amazing. a job that is f- made for me? Um, the only thing that isn't in this, uh, this job description is jingles, which I also <laughs> wish maybe I can get some of the, some of that, uh, going forward, but, but yeah, so it was just like saw it. And I was like, okay, this is like a sign. This has to be done. I'm in the hospital. My daughter was just born. I'm like, I have to whip together a resume to get it out there. And at this point, I had met Austin, who was hiring uh, for his team here. He's building out his team, and I DM'd him right away. And I was like, "Yo, this job is just like made for me. I mean, I, I will crush this job." And he was like, "Ah, oh, cool. You know, yeah. <laughs> he was just like, cool. Yeah, I'll, you know, I'll see your application come across the desk. Whatever." Uh, and then I got an interview. And then I got another interview and then I got another one and then another one. And then it was looking really, really promising and eventually I landed the job. So
0: I'm glad they hired you. I, um, yeah, I mean, all those things, I think I've sort of, I've, you know, we don't know each other, but I've always felt like a sort of a kindred spirit with the musician spreadsheet and basketball obsessed. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. This is my guy. (laughs) This, you know, I want him to be picking all of these moments that I'm going to be collecting. Um, congratulations on your, on your dream job. And, um, But yeah, so let's, I'll, you know, kind of one of the reasons I wanted to have you is like, I know that your background was like talking about basketball. Um, and obviously you're pleased as punch to be talking a lot about NBA Top Shot. Um, but let's just talk basketball. Let's talk yeah, let's actual NBA. Like where, what are some of your preseason takes that like, let you know what, let's start on a hot note. What's your preseason take that was a little spicy at the time that is panning out?
1: Um, I don't know that I'm going to be, I don't know that I'm going to be able to like back any of this up because I didn't really go public with a lot of takes. I'm not really like a take guy. I'm more of like, I like to just watch it happen guy, you know, like I'm not big into predictions. I'm not big into like making bold claims. Like he's the best player or he, you know, I don't know. I don't really care about that stuff, but I, you know, I, everyone forms an opinion on what they think is going to happen. So I guess like the closest would be that I didn't think the jazz were going to be the worst team in the league. (laughs) <laughs> that would be the closest right and that's how deep into basketball i am i guess that's, a bold, about the that's a bold take that's a bold take in october <laughs> well i looked at i looked at them on paper and i was just like look there's like some quality players here like is it the weirdest roster i've ever seen yes but it <laughs> but it is the there are good players on this roster sheet i didn't know Lori marketing was going to take that leap forward um but when you have Malik Beasley coming off your bench, Colin Sexton coming off your bench, like these are guys that can help you win games. So I didn't really think they were going to be the worst team team in the league, let alone the worst team in the West. I th- I thought Houston w- would be worse. I thought uh, San Antonio would be worse. So I was right there. But no, I did not think they would be over 500.
0: It is I think pretty wild thinking that- what Utah's could become too. Like with a new, I mean, they got a thousand picks for Rudy Gobert and they're winning games they don't really necessarily have to rebuild yeah. Like, I mean, they're obviously not rebuilding from scratch. Like it's not that they just got good pieces. Like they've got some pretty
1: good, pretty young pieces. Well, it'll be interesting to see what direction they choose to go. um, Because they are kind of hovering around 500, like just a little, what were they like a game or two above 500 right now? So, you know, where does that land them come playoff race time? Um, What direction do they go come trade deadline time? Uh, Do they, make a trade to get better do they make a trade to get worse Uh, I kind of think that it's unfair to fans to to make a trade to get worse right now unless they just naturally get worse like if they start losing a bunch of games and their hot streak was fluky then so be it but they're an exciting team and the fan base has kind of rallied around that you know losing two stars and now like that can kind of be fun that can sort of energize a fan base when it's not all about these two guys anymore. You're not constantly hearing about Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell not getting along and whose team is it? And is Rudy Gobert gonna win Defensive Player of the Year again? Is Donovan Mitchell gonna be an all star, et cetera, et cetera. Can they get past the first round? Now it's just like a clean slate and the team is having fun. So I don't think you can really like rug the fans like like you have to commit to this season if they're gonna play this well. Um yeah. so so I, I can't wait to see what they do.
0: So we both had, let's see, I had Utah. I don't really, I'm kind of with you on the like, um, I don't do like award predictions. Um, There's so much can happen. It's just, I don't want to, to really care to waste my time. But every year I do make a, um, I do go completely overboard and one through 15, like fill out my end of the year standings, fill out a playoff bracket with those and then just go to town Um and I think I had the Jazz at fourteen. Jared had them at fifteen. And I'm totally yeah. I'm guilty of just like the narrative that it's like okay, yeah. I remember I haven't looked at their roster, but the Jazz are supposedly going to suck. Um,
2: yeah, but, I think th- ultimately, like when when you trade those two stars, you think <laughs> they're going to be bad. But it's similar. I know I'm going back to the Thunder. Sorry, but Brandon, this probably reminds you a little bit of that Chris Paul team. They, they just got pros still right so it's hard to fully you know tank in one year they I think you know like you said they could rebuild um over a couple years but this year it's tough for them to just fully tear it down
1: yeah totally and they're not that young you know it's one thing when you're a young team like Houston and you have Jalen Green and Kevin Porter Jr. and Alpern Şengün running around out there and Jabari Smith and you're Like that's a lot of talent, but it's also a lot of youth, and it takes time to learn how to win in the league. You Mm -hmm. look at the Jazz; I mean, they they have Jared Vanderbilt and Laurie Markin and Kelly Olynyk, Malik Beasley, guys that have played for good teams in their careers. They they know Mm -hmm. how to win games.
0: And like Rudy Gay has got to be older than Will Hardy. (laughs) Yeah, he's yeah. I think you're right about that. He's got. I mean, that's what's wild is that like on one side it's like you know. Uh, The Rockets are so young, but Silas is also really young. So like, well, you know, nobody really knows how to win yet. Um, And then you look over there and you're like, they're just like you said, they're just really not that young. And they're trade pieces that like, you know, they're like, oh, well they could trade Conley and obviously THT's value (laughs) compared to when he was in LA is not quite the same. Um, But I, I watched a lot of Walker Kessler. He was an Auburn, I'm a Bama fan. And he just absolutely gobsmacked us two times last season. Um, and it's like I don't really see that steep of a fall off from Gobert to Kessler. That's you know I guess probably a spicy take, but I'm just not a Gobert guy. Well, I um, mean
1: uh, it's not that crazy. Like if you if you're watching this year, right? K- Kessler yeah, plays defense good. and he gets you
0: what eight, 10, 12 points.
1: Sure, he's got one of the best block rates in the in the league right now. I think the last time I looked was last week and I think uh his like blocks per 36 is either first or second in the league like that's that's how good of a rim protector he already is coming into yeah. the league and Rudy Gobert goes to the Timberwolves and they hadn't they haven't held a single opponent under 100 points all season
0: Ooh. So, speaking of so on the other side of the Utah tra- uh the Utah trade and the other side of a good take is a
2: bad take Jared would you like to discuss your um oh yeah your Wolves my wolves they stink uh (laughs) i will say like they found something with edwards kind of running the show the last week or two uh kind of being that lead ball handler sort of thing and i don't know i ultimately we probably just overhyped how big of a leap edwards would maybe take or you know the fit just ain't great with with those two bigs so i messed up I think
0: (laughs) you've been, have you been writing this speech for
2: like a month now? Yeah, pretty much. But I don't know. I, I'm kind of like, I think I got the nuggets, right? I think I got, you know, the, the Grizzlies. Eh, Honestly, by and large, you know, our, our standings are looking fairly decent right now.
0: Um, I think obviously like Utah and Indiana are better than anybody thought they were necessarily going to be. Um, and for the listeners at home, Jared has, The Minnesota Timberwolves finishing at number three at 52 and 30. Um, But, you know, we also had Golden State one, two, kind of tough to predict. I mean, honestly, even when Steph's healthy, I mean, he just went out um, and they've had some huge wins and huge losses, huge swings without Steph. Uh, But even with Steph, you know, that's got to be like, to me, like one of the more disappointing starts of the season.
1: I was I was kind of with you there, Jared, on Minnesota. I thought they'd win a lot more regular season games than they have. I mean, they got a, they got talent on that team. I thought Kyle mm-hmm. Anderson would be a big addition as well. Uh, but I think that what we're finding is that it's just, they're just so, they just kind of don't mesh. Like n- no one on that team. Like what's the difference between D'Angelo Russell and Anthony Edwards? Like really, like when you're talking about what one does versus what the other does, you know, like mm-hmm. what what are, what are they providing that the other one isn't? um i think there's a weird push pull thing going on there uh yeah and i'm with you like put the ball in edwards hands more but edwards has to be better too you know he Mm -hmm. has to he has to get better at making his teammates better i don't think that that's something that he's figured out quite yet
0: yeah i see i um i don't know where i had minnesota i had minnesota at eight i just sort of like there's just a bunch of players that i don't really care for um
2: and that's my scientific take on it. Um, <laughs> it is weird though. You're talking the warriors. I, I don't know what to think about them. I mean, you, I haven't watched a ton of golden state. It's one of those teams that they play a lot of those late nine thirty games. So I don't see a ton of it, but you know, they, yeah, like you said, they weren't great with Curry. And so what's, what's the deal? Like what, what are they, why are they struggling so much? I, i don't know i i don't really have high hopes for them actually making a run in the playoffs when well, you got to play whole... you, you got to play anthony lamb 20
0: 30 minutes a night it's not a great start uh, and yeah. they're like sort of like the anthony Edwards things like they need to get bet their young guys need to get better faster Kaminga's had some really fun flashes um i don't know Wiseman kind of went off the other day in a blowout um but they need to do that when it matters, and obviously Jordan Jordan Poole needs to figure out how to do it when Steph's on the court, um, and sort of how his you know elevation and minutes. Obviously, he got the bag. So figuring out how you play so many of these guys together, and you know, we were talking about the Discord today, the idea of potentially ever seeing Clay Draymond or Steph out of a Warriors jersey, it just it feels like that Spurs big three. Like when Tony Parker went to Charlotte, it was just gross couldn't stand it. Yeah, do we think that's like something that's going to happen? It would it wouldn't shock me
1: um if we see a trade like a a substantial significant trade out of Golden State but I don't know yeah if it's one of those three guys it will it, it that will be an end of an era and do you really make that decision a year after winning a championship like th- this is a serious championship hangover here but they're kind of a they're like turning into a weird Every other year, team or something. I I, I don't know what's going on at Golden State. They Steph Curry they have, has been they have amazing. Have to make a
0: choice, you know, sort of between like, do we want to protect the era of these players or the era that Golden State wins championships?
1: Yeah, I mean, it, I think I would have to imagine there's a team out there too that would be willing to give up a few good players for a guy like Jordan Poole and to kind of like give him the keys to their offense. Um, yeah. Not saying that's what they're going to do, but that option is on the table. If uh, if they, they want to get better now, I think they can get better now. But do they want to? Are, are they in a hurry to do that? Would it shock anybody if Golden State just kind of gets healthy in a couple months and then goes on like a fifteen game win streak? I don't think anyone would be shocked by that.
0: Yeah, I think that's the thing with these standings right now too, where it's like everything is just so tight. I mean, the Timberwolves are on eleventh and they're six and a half games out of first.
1: Yeah, they, yeah, the West is just it's just packed so tight and uh the east is kind of kicking the, the west ass right now this season like it's it's really uh,
2: can close can i can i say something about the west isn't the west just kind of bad <laughs> i mean there's nobody good right the nuggets are probably the favorite right now but they're just average in my opinion i don't know i don't i haven't I don't seen see anything out of the there west. where i'm like as a celtics
0: fan where i'm worried about the other side of the bracket i'm worried about jokic i'm not really worried about the nuggets you know like uh the pelicans have been – they've just felt sort of dis- – like keeping Brandon and CJ and Zion on the court all like all together just has – I mean, I don't know how many games they've all played together, but it's got to be less than 10. Um, you know, Ingram's been out a while. I think uh, Zion, I think, is coming back tonight. Um, but they're so deep. And then all of a sudden you look up and they're number two in the West. The Grizzlies are kind of – you know, everybody's got a star that I'm scared of. But there's not really any, like, bench units that are scaring me, kind of, you know?
1: Yeah, it's a lot of TBDs in the West, I feel like. And I think you're right, Jared. I think Denver is the scariest team. And to me, they are legit. Uh, when you have a guy as good as Jokic, I think they made great trades over the offseason, too. I think KCP is just, like, a perfect fit there. I think Bruce Brown mm-hmm. was a perfect fit. Uh, I can't believe so really lo- they
0: got Bruce Brown for that.
1: Yeah, like- I, I love the makeup of their team. Um So that's the only team I like have confidence in though, you know, like, Mm -hmm. but the Suns, I could see them get it together. Like, does Kawhi look like Kawhi again? I mean, the Clippers are fourth in the West and they're like the weirdest team. They're almost like the most unwatchable team. Mm -hmm. They're playing their stars like situationally. It's really strange.
0: It's all TBD. It's like, are they going to be the team that has the best defensive rating over certain stretches or the team that has the worst defensive rating? Yeah. Yeah. Yep, you just don't know. I mean, there's no like sort of, yeah, we're pretty good. It's like, no, we are all the way one way or the other. Is Norm Powell going to score 35 or is he going to score three?
1: Yeah. And, you know, he's not going to do much else. I mean, that, that's just kind of the name of the game for Norm Powell. And then the Pelicans, like something just tells me they're, they're a year away from being real. Um, I, to your point, Sa- Samuel, like that getting the whole big three healthy at once. We just haven't seen. And even when we have seen Ingram and Zion together, we haven't really seen them mesh at a high level. Uh, There's a weird like whose team is it?
0: They're playing their best ball when one of them's out.
1: Yeah, 100%. And Memphis, something feels missing there to me. But uh, maybe it's just a matter of getting that whole team healthy. You know, Desmond Bain's back.
0: Yeah, once I think once Bain really like, I think she was like 0 for 7 from 3 the other night and like, Two for seventeen or something like that. But once he gets his legs under them, I mean, they're Bane's the guy that's well. For one, he's just he physically like if he was walking, he terrifies me. Those arm cannons are insane. <laughs> um, got
2: to be the stronger. He's like got to be one of the stronger looking dudes in the league at least. Um, hey, real quick, we're talking about the West and these stars. We're kind of bearing the lead here. Uh, we're, we're recording this less than twenty four hours after the Luca magic performance we had last night. <laughs> what do you think? Well, that was amazing. I mean, I, I I don't think we can talk about the West without talking Luca, right?
1: It's a shame that you kind of can, right? But you're right. Like, if, you, if you're talking about stars, I mean, Luca is the star of stars right now. That That is just ridiculous. Like, just looking at that stat line, I haven't been able to get over it. I, I think we're it.
0: starting – I'm seeing some rumblings, at least in the Badge County Discord, of – um. We're currently, I mean, maybe it's Sports Illustrated. Maybe it's like the Sports Illustrated curse, the curse of the Bambino, um, the video game numbers curse, where <laughs> they just like, oh, I got a video game numbers moment. I'm going to go absolutely insane tonight and give you <laughs> 60, 20, and 10.
1: Oh, man, it's true. It's the most dangerous set right now because when we commit to one, we know that this, those guys, like you look at the names in the set right now, right? Like Booker, Katie, Luca, uh, who's the last one I'm missing? There's one more.
2: Luca Booker,
1: Katie, oh Anthony Davis, any Anthony. any of these guys can just go off again. Like the, these are high level players, obviously. So I've sort of like talked myself into um, yes, we're highlighting that game. Yes, we're highlighting this me- mega statistical achievement. Uh, but it's sort of a representation as well of that player and of right. that season and yep. what he can That's do. That's what
2: I was thinking all
1: all
0: day. all night.
2: These are the night. guys
0: that give you video game numbers.
2: Yeah, yeah, exactly. night in, night out, right? Night
1: exactly. Night in, night out, these so, guys do that. So, you know, there's, yeah, it's, it's going to be in, almost impossible to nail, like, the number one video game numbers candidate uh, without, like, just waiting until the very end of the season, which we don't want to do,
2: obviously, you know, so – uh, yeah. Besides, um, you guys don't want to do that. <laughs> Sidebar on that set. I know we talked about it on a podcast before, but those video game number moments, the reels are just amazing. Like, well done, well put together. Just tell, like, a, a story, again, of the player and their performances. So,
1: yeah. shout um, out to the team. Yeah, appreciate that. Um, it's It's definitely unlocking new possibilities, I think, with what we can do at Top Shot and... Uh, what moments can look like going forward all at the same time you know kind of it has the potential to create slippery slopes though so we have to be very careful with what we do um wh- you know we don't want everything to be a reel uh, but we do want reels to exist when necessary and and this set is just it's it's perfect it's perfect for it i really i really really love it and i think by the end of the season it's going to be one of the best five three sets on top shot
0: yeah i think we've got a handful of guys in the discord that are actively seeking out that set i I'm disappointing myself because i can i'm for one i not currently they're not in my like series four strategy but they are arguably like the best moments on the platform like just watching them even like a guy like anthony davis not the biggest biggest anthony davis fan but that moment is incredible um i think like Joe was saying they're just sort of you know and I think sort of like you were saying like they represent this player as a whole it's not just like you know the flashiest plays from the game it's like this is what this player can do these are the type of things he could do in any given game. Um, yeah,
1: totally. And and I think like when you really s- step back and think about it from a I guess a collector's mindset like this is a first on top shot right this is a this is the going to be the first set made up entirely of reels not counting uh dynamic duos i guess but on an individual level not on a team level it will be that yeah that's
0: that's Uh, currently the reason i'm not going for video game numbers is because dynamic duos is like my number one thing right now got to get it done um it would be my first rare set and it's just i mean 30 franchise debuts i just don't know really what as somebody who you know kind of like you were saying earlier like you didn't really have you had the bulls Uh, And I've got my Celtics, but, like, I've never lived in Boston. My dad grew up in the 60s, fell in love with the team because they're the only one on TV, and they always won, and they weren't the Lakers. Uh, And so he passed that down to me, and so I'm a huge Celtics fan. But, yeah, it's like I moved to Charlotte last year, and I don't know if they can make it any more difficult to be a fan of their team, uh, but they're really finding new ways to make me not a fan every day. Um, But, yeah, so it's like I'm just an NBA fan. That's just sort of what I've always, like, there's a handful of teams that I'm not big fans of, but um, yeah, I just want, I wanted the debuts of all those, all the teams. I love Um, it.
1: I mean, that kind of fits the mantra of badge counting, does it not?
0: It does. It does indeed. Um, So like what, you know, now we've got the, we've got the play policy. We've got employees able to snag a couple moments on the MP again. What was that like?
1: Uh, it's been in the works almost since I started to be honest, there, there were rumblings forever. So at this point I was just like, I had been excited before and then it kind of got pushed back and gotten excited again. And then it gets pushed back and It finally got pushed through the door. Um, so I was, I was just more like, I'll believe it when I see it type thing. Right. I wasn't going to get myself excited again and then it happened. Uh, so really cool, really exciting. Great job by the team that kind of made that happen. Um, It's, it's been interesting, just like kind of reintegrating myself into that world. Uh, It's also strange dynamic, because I'm like, I play a big part in making these things, you know, and the and the company pays me to make these things. And then I'm going to go pay that money that the company pays (laughs) me to buy the things that I'm (laughs) it's like this weird, like, that's a cycle. Yeah, exactly. But you know what? I'm thinking too much about it because I really like it. So I've already done a lot of shopping. Uh, not nothing too huge, although I did go get the Series Three SGA Hollow because I had to have that one. Um, oh yes, that feels like Shay's Grail moment at this current time.
2: Uh, yes, it is. You know
1: that that's a that's a great moment. So I had to go go have that, and I have collected all four of the video game numbers to this point as well. And then outside of that, I've I've gone and picked up just a few commons that I like like just random ones from the archive set and some big stack games like Joe Barry Carroll and um, what's the other one I, I grabbed I can't remember what the other one is uh, but yeah so I've just been just having fun scrolling the marketplace and, and and just seeing seeing everything through that lens again because it's crazy how shut off we've been from that uh, and we've we've created this doc internally where we're like logging all of like our thoughts uh, on of experiencing Top Shot now that we can do this, uh, and I I can only imagine it's going to help kind of get these things in gear even faster. Just seeing like having that firsthand experience because we just didn't have that. There was no way to experience that, uh, so it's going to be a great thing for everyone, I think.
0: So like, where where does your job sort of like start and end? Like, are you do you just watch a game and you're like, okay, you're just like marking down plays and then. Like at what point does it get handed from your desk to someone else's desk and you're like I don't know what happens with it now. I don't know if it's going in this set or that set. I just know I've sort of earmarked this play from this game
1: uh, we control all of that Austin and I um about w- uh, what set it's gonna go in like w- we accept input from other parties as well uh, if necessary, but you know we select the plays. Um, And we decide what sets are going to go in. Uh, so I, I would, I guess where it's left off at is that when it comes time to make the packs, you know, we don't have anything to do with, we don't, the decision-making behind like, you know, how to, how many moments are going to be in a, in a pack or what's the, um, hit rate of a rare or a legendary or, or all of that. So like all that's kind of past us and we're sort of like moving on to what's next at that point in time. So that's why sometimes like what's happening now on top shot, like just to kind of paint a picture, like whatever's happening now, I'm like two weeks in front of that. And so I'm like, Oh, wow, that's happening now. I was doing that two weeks ago, Yeah, you know? Um,
0: And I don't know how much you can or cannot speak on, but like, I think one of the things that is 50% frustrating and 50% that I love so much is that we don't know the sizes of these sets like, outside of you guys, I'm sure internally you have some idea of how big these sets are going to end up being. Um, but it's, like, details like that that I feel, like, lead to more natural collecting. Being, like, I'm not getting these video game numbers set because I know it'll be X amount of moments from X amount of players and I know everything about it. It just sort of, like, and I just naturally gravitate towards this set, whether it's video game numbers or for the win or whatever and it's sort of I think it's maybe allowing for more, like, organic collection of those things.
1: Um, okay, that that's actually super interesting to hear um, because th- that is a challenge I think we face, right, is um, boxing ourselves into something versus letting the basketball dictate it. You know, it, and I want us to be able to sort of just establish this reputation of um, – we're not forcing anything you know what like if a if a video game numbers happens and it feels appropriate then we will put it in video game numbers like we're not going to force uh a, a, you know a 21.11 rebound nine assists performance in there just because we need it and we want it in packs like yeah so if, if video game numbers ends up being 15 moments or if it ends up being 30 moments like that's that's the worry over here is we don't want to or if, or if we say for the win like it's going to be capped at this number like well what happens if we hit that number like with four games left in the season and then we get something epic in those last four games and we can't do it because we said that this is how many it would be you know so we're trying to figure that out and, and what the best approach is there um, but so it's really interesting what you said because I get I see both sides there like we want to know we want to know how many are going to be in the set but we also want it to make the mo- we want this set to make the most sense it possibly can make basketball wise so it, it's a kind of a balancing act there
0: yeah like for the win right now those prices for me I'm just like I've got to have them um, but you know I've got my set strategy and I'm trying to stick with it and I'm trying to be a little bit I think that's one thing that a lot of collectors have sort of landed themselves in a position in series 4 where like we've had the learning curve of S two and S three, and I think by and large, the majority of collectors that are still buying every single day, like they they know what they want, um, and I think we get most disappointed in our purchases when it di- when it deviates from what we knew we wanted before we deviated, um, you know. And so, but for so for me, like with the for the win thing, it's like I personally am not going for it because I'm like I I know I can get these six or seven for this price or whatever. And if it ends up being 16, 17, I'm all in. I'm all about it. If it ends up being, you know, 40, there might be a point in the middle of the season where I'm like, okay, it's gotten a little bigger than I anticipated. And now I feel like I might want to reverse course when this wasn't something I was, like, naturally going for in the first place. Um, I got you. That makes but, sense. But, yeah, so I think it, like, if that was my opinion at first, being like, oh, I wish I knew everything. It's like, I also spent the entire summer sort of saying, like, I don't care about a roadmap. I know that's a real spicy take, but like, <laughs> I don't work at Top Shot. I don't own Top Shot. Why, what other companies do I buy things from that are, that owe me a minute by, you know, a play by play of the next year that they don't, from a season, they don't know what's going to happen. Um, but so what are some of like your favorite updates or sets or moments from like series four? Like, you know, cause you kind of came in in the middle of series three Um. You know, and so, like, I think the way that we're sort of seeing James Harden figure out, like, he needed an offseason with the Sixers to really figure out so he could put up some of his video game numbers. Yeah, like, 21 assists the other night. Um, it's like, how much did having an offseason sort of, like, propel you and, like, give you, you know, a little bit more of a platform to be like, okay, well, let's let's take a step back here from the curation team and sort of reassess this now that the team's grown since the middle of s3
1: uh yeah that's a good question um there's hardly an offseason because the w of course um although it's less busy admittedly so uh there was a lot of that just kind of just taking a step back and looking at like what can we achieve this year what what do we want moments to look like what do we want these collectives to look like how can we level up without going too far too fast um we, that that's one thing Austin and I, we talk about all the time, just like continuously leveling up and, and making our stuff better. Um, so th- that's, what, that's what we're working on. And one, one thing that I'm so proud of is if you go look at moments, the way they looked, the way they were edited, um, the way they came out before I, I started working at Top Shot and where they're at today. And I'm not taking credit for this. I don't want that to be misunderstood. Uh, But just from that date to today, uh, there's just no comparison to the quality of the moments. Um, And that takes a whole team to achieve something like that. Because we we saw something, we saw an area we can improve, and we did it. And and we're going to keep pushing that direction. And so really when you say, like, what are my favorite moments? What are my favorite updates? Like, that's my favorite update. Being a little bit more detached from the product features, just because I am so ingrained in the basketball, I am so focused on making the moments as good as they can possibly be, and and each moment meaning something, uh, like each moment being there for a reason. I think that's something that a lot of people don't really realize. Um, it's very <laughs> there. There are not many cases that a moment is there just because it's a cool dunk, right? Like those days are kind of gone. Because how many times can we just do that? Um, I think we have a very unique opportunity to connect with the fan, uh, and that's to me is what Top Shot's all about. Like, why do you love this? Uh, well, I love this dunk here because I was at that game. Or I love this dunk here because I was watching that game, and he had a career high. And that's my favorite team, and that's worth remembering. You know, things like that. Like even an example I use all the time. That looks you know what meets the eye is is the series four uh seth curry base set moment it's just he hits a three it's a nice three whatever um but he had 29 points off the bench it just shows like what a flamethrower seth curry <laughs> right. what a weapon having that guy off your benches and that's the story we're trying to get better at telling um and we do have restrictions and we're going to continue plowing through those restrictions and just continuing to make the product as good as it can possibly be. You know, whether it's updates to the cube, I'm not saying by the way, I'm not saying these things are. Cool. <laughs> yeah. I mean, are it's gotta be cool. horrible
0: to be like, you know, like on the inside, every time you say anything, like, I just want to clarify, I just want to clarify <laughs> this as well. I just want to let it be known.
1: <laughs> yeah. But I mean, like no one's dumb here. Like, Of course we're floating around these ideas all the time, right? Like uh, we've talked about Updating the cube to just give it a, a fresh update. We've talked about audio and moments, of course. Like these are all things we're looking at. And we're looking at improving in the future. Um I'm not the person to make those promises to say, hey, this is happening or whatever. But it's a, something on my radar and something that our team, uh, the curation team is is plowing ahead.
0: Yeah, it is something that I've sort of noticed in the middle of like maybe over the summer, when you're sort of like, you know, there's not a lot of new stuff, and so your dapper's gotta go somewhere and you know and so you start building out your wish list and all those things and i'm adding things and you start to notice like there's really not a lot of s2 in here or s1 and it's like it's because when you actually you're like okay there's this dapper can get split up like 40 different ways i'm going to go watch these moments make sure that like not only do they have like um it just sort of naturally makes the moment dictate how much you want it you know not like Flash challenges or other little pieces and pies of the thing. You know, it's just like, okay, well, I started when I started this list, there's some S2s, some S1s at, you know, it's all over the place. But what it kind of called down to was like S3. Um, especially with like the MGLEs uh, in particular, that set is pretty elite. Um, before we let you go, I know Jared wants to talk some thunder. Let's talk some thunder. Like they're what 12th in the West right now. Um do you want to push? Would you rather the the Thunder be the ten seed or the fifteen seed?
1: Uh, Loaded question.
2: Yeah, it's definitely don't do that question, to us, Sammy D. Why you got to do that to us?
1: It de- it depends to me. Like I know that's like a cop out answer, but it, it like it depends on how they do it. Um, because I think right now what you're seeing out of the Thunder is they're not trying to win, they're not trying to lose, they're just trying to play basketball and figure out their team and what their team's going to look like going forward. Uh, like if you look at the lineup data for the thunder, I'm not sure any other team's lineup data is anywhere near it. They don't play the same lineups together. <laughs> like it's just, a-
0: it's a different lineup every time I check. Has Usman Jang played much? Uh,
1: not lately. Um, not in a while. I don't know he if he's hurt. hurt. Is he hurt? Yeah. He got I hurt. Was-
2: Six week injury.
1: Yeah, so he hasn't he hasn't played very much, so you know his time is coming where he's going to see a lot of run. Yeah. Uh, but but the point is, and, and I think Coach Dagnall has, has said as much, is that he likes to see what groups work together and what groups don't, and he's going to continue doing that. And if that leads to the Thunder getting more wins and ended up in the 10 seed, then I'm all for it. Like, I don't think that there's any reason to just flat-out tank and go after the 15 seed well, got and, the, and try got to—
0: picks. You don't have to do anything.
1: Yeah, and I think one thing Shea is doing this year is he's kind of forcing the Thunder to be a little more aggressive.
0: Mm -hmm. Um, I think the real uh, question instead of um, 10 or 15 is, what do you want OKC to do with all these picks?
1: Well, there's going to come a time that you got to package some of them together and go get a guy that can help you win now. Um, I don't know when that time is going to be. I'm sure Presti's just waiting for the 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 right time. That's what he does, right? Like he went and got Paul George at a time that no one saw that coming. Like he he's gonna he's gonna see it and it's he's gonna make it happen. I doubt it's this year. It might not even be next year, but it's going to happen. So there's no way you can draft all every single one of those picks. That's not going to happen. Like you use these as ammo to build the roster that you want to build. The Celtics and tried now to. you have that centerpiece. <laughs> Yeah.
0: <laughs> you don't want to end up with a yeah. James Young and a Romeo Langford.
1: Yeah. Um, you're better off trading the picks before they become those guys, huh? Yes. <laughs> yeah, I think that's right. So, I'm excited about where the Thunder are headed. I think they're headed in a good place. Uh, Shea is uh, an all-star. He's he's borderline superstar, and we're seeing that. Like, before, I was sort of waiting on him to cool off. I'm like, man, he's having a hot start to the season. He's really, really good, but no way Ooh, this is going to And now every night, like it's, it doesn't shock me anymore. You know, he's scoring thirty every every night. Even last night against the Spurs, dude controlled the entire game and only scored twenty eight. You know, had one of his lowest scoring outputs of the season, and he controlled the game. He was easily the best player on the floor. Uh, So that's how good he is uh, this season.
0: Can anybody else possibly make up the gap to win the clutch award? I think so.
1: All it takes is a couple game winners, yeah, right? He's so, got,
0: I mean, he just feels like, honestly, if there's, if I had to pick right now, and I know I'm talking to two Thunder fans. I don't want to be pandering too much here, but like if the ball, if the, you know, who am I putting the ball in their hands at the end of a game? It's got, like, for me, it's just Shea right now. Luca's like, it's easy to say Luca, but like he already has the ball in his hands all the time. Um, you know, and Shea's obviously got a pretty heavy usage himself, but. He just makes I, it look so I easy. think Shea
2: is like pretty much a lock for the most improved, though. I would say he's more of a lock for that award than anything. He's got, he got some he did, I mean, this, this is Morant level uh, leap, in my opinion, from last year. Like, that's how big the leap was from Shea. If you yep. go look if, at their stats, like, he went up like eight points, similar to what Morant did last season. Um, yeah, this has just been an amazing run. And, Like you said, I thought it was going to slow down, but it hasn't slowed down. And matter of fact, it's actually like, can he do more? And it seems like he can, (laughs) you know, you put better shooting around him. You put uh, different pieces around him. Like this guy could, you know, be one of the best in the league. No doubt. I've already turned the corner from like being shocked
1: by how good he is every game to now looking for holes in this game at where he can Mm -hmm. improve. Like that's Mm -hmm. how good he is. Right. Um, So 100 percent with you. I think he's he's. Almost got most improved in the bag. He's got he's got the inside lane too. The most clutch player as well. So that's exciting. Did I see he has um, more
0: blocks this year than uh, Rudy Gobert?
1: I believe it. Right? That was like a big. It's the same moment. number, I
2: believe. Yeah, <laughs> more blocks. Yeah, it's crazy.
1: He defends and and to your point, Sammy is like when he's taking those clutch shots. The thing that makes him so unbelievably good is he gets to wherever he wants on the court. And often where he wants to get is about, like, six feet from the rim, which is just, like, a weird area that no one else really fights to get to. Like, the closest to me is, like, Kevin Durant. Uh, but Kevin Durant's more, like, 10 feet. Like, that's mm-hmm. – if he gets there, it's money, right? But the reason he doesn't get further is because his handle isn't as tight as Shay's, because he's seven feet. I mean, how could it? But handle – the Shay's handle allows him to get wherever he wants his control over the ball his size his playing with strength and uh, center of gravity and just low to the ground and rising up at his own pace it, it's you, no one else operates where he operates Period. on the court
0: absolutely none i mean it's like and he doesn't do anything that is like when you see it to i don't know to like the untrained eye i don't think you'd watch his handles in the lane and be like oh see what he did like that was that was not that flashy like, I mean, Lord, has jump shot has got this bizarre hitch to it. It's like Halliburton where it's like it doesn't look like the jump shot is correct. Um, and it looks like a slow release. But it always goes in and he always gets where he wants. And to be that size, like he's got to be stronger than he looks because that dude gets to the cup as easy as any guard in the NBA.
1: Yeah. Uh, one, one thing you saw from him last season is he, he got called for quite a few offensive fouls. Uh, using his arm just to create separation a lot. And he, he still does it here and there, but it's happening far, far less this season. He's just, he's just gotten so good with body control. And and yeah, like you said, his strength.
0: I'm a big believer in you get six fouls. You can't take them home. <laughs> that, that's true. You know, <laughs> they don't roll over. They don't. And Before- <laughs> especially for young players, like go make some mistakes. Go be a little bit reckless because it's like, it's not championship or bust. We want to see what you do naturally, and we can sort of refine that, which they're obviously doing right now.
1: Well, and on the
2: offensive end, if you're going to turn the ball over, that's the way to turn the ball over. Yeah. You know, like versus do that, a live ball. Yeah. yeah. Hey, before we let Brandon go, are we going to get like a way too early conference finals or finals prediction maybe? I'm all about it. <sighs> yeah, let's you, do you it. Know, are, I'm about it. Um,
1: this is the, as far as the finals, I'm going to go, all right, let's start with the conference finals. Cause that'll be a little more, I guess, spicy. Ah, uh, I can't bet against Giannis. Um, and mm-hmm. I think the Celtics have it this year. Uh, so I'm going to go Celtics bucks top two in the, in the East. Although, you know, that, that playoff, those first few rounds in the East are going to be so much fun. They got five teams out there that can legitimately, make some noise Philly's playing good ball again I think they're only they're gonna continue getting better um, and can can the heat get it together a little bit too that'll be interesting I'm I, I kind of doubt it they're in every other year team and for the West I'm gonna say Denver and Memphis and I got Denver coming out and I got Boston coming out so I'll go Celtics nuggets
0: right now who's taking the chip
1: So I, I gotta go Celtics. I think the Celtics have it. Um, I think they have the best one, two punch that like, they just seem to have this unique, uh, chemistry that isn't necessarily like they play well with each other. Not that they don't, they do, but their chemistry is like when the other one doesn't have it, the other one does. Like, (laughs) Like that's, that's a great chemistry to have. Right. And when you, when you have a great supporting cast like they do, too, and obviously the addition of Brogdon, people have already forgot about it, but that's huge. Uh, Derek White's a year more comfortable there. Al is Al Horford. Robert Williams is back. You know, it's only a matter of time before he starts to look like himself. Uh, so, yeah, I, I got the Celtics.
2: What do you think? Yeah, it's hard for me to bet against the Celtics right now. I, I would take the Celtics to win it all right now as well. So, Sammy D, feel good about it right now. I feel it's, I've been feeling good about it. it since October (laughs) it is hard to bet against Giannis though and I mean the Nets have been playing really well though so I I don't know I yeah it's hard to bet against KD I mean it brings me back to that Nets Bucks series when I really started to fall in love with Top Shot that that series where Durant hit that what was supposed to be game winner with his toe on the line yeah here's what it is to me what it
1: is to me is the Celtics have the best team. The Bucks have the best player and the mm-hmm. Nets have the best two shot makers. Yes. Um, so, so like the Nets could totally do it because they have those two guys that can just hit any shot on the court. Uh, but you know, I don't, I don't really want to write off the calves either. You look at that team on paper. If Mobley, I think Mobley can be better than he's been. And
0: he's been pretty
1: uh, just, good. Yeah. And he's been good, right? Like, their back line is just huge. Garland's awesome. Obviously, Mitchell's Mitchell. Uh, I like that team a lot. The so. only thing
0: I'm scared of as a Celtics fan isn't Giannis. We got Giannis. It's tough. He's the best player in the world. Um, I, I Personally, I don't think there's a whole lot of discussion on that one. He's, he's the best player in the world. But he's not a Celtics killer. K-Mid, Chris Middleton, is an absolute bona fide Celtics killer. And I just don't know. I don't like our chances in a seven-game series. Or I I guess I don't. I like our chances, but it's not nearly the same thing. And, you know, the other night they didn't have Middleton, you know. And it was was a tight one until maybe the midway through the third quarter. Um, That, to me, obviously playoffs come down to health. Um, You can't really speculate on that. But, yeah, I think Boston and Milwaukee feel – but it could easily be – Brooklyn and Cleveland. Um, in the West, I'm I'm going to be weird, and I'm just going to say, um, well, it's not really that weird. I, I sort of toy between a couple of things. Denver looks like the whole the linchpin for their season was how quickly does Jamal Murray get back up to speed? Uh, and they're very good, and he's not back up to speed yet. He's still, co- you know, he's still got room to grow. But um, I just I, I, I'm not betting out um, on the Warriors yet. Yep. I'm going Nuggets Warriors.
1: Yeah, I can't argue against it. I mean, if I had to pick another team, that's who I'd pick. But um, sometimes at this point in the year, like, what's the old adage? Like, you are what your record says you are. And part of me kind of believes that with the with the Warriors this year. Like, something's not right. Um, but like I said earlier in the podcast, like, if they turn it around, I won't be shocked.
0: Yeah. Well, boys, it was a good hang. Thanks for hanging with us, Brandon. Let's uh we can all take a break here and uh, get back to our Christmas breaks and um, appreciate you hanging. Appreciate you guys listening into the badge County podcast. Um, yeah. Everybody have a nice into 2022 and uh, we'll see you guys next
2: year. Yeah, thanks for having all me, right. guys. It's been fun. See y'all later.